Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. In this past Sunday's Gospel passage from Matthew, we hear of one of the most powerful events recorded of our Lord's life, and that is the miracle of the walking on the water. This, I think, is a marvelous account, especially for our own difficult times. For when Jesus calms the waters and quiets the fears of the disciples, he tells them something that I think should be a motto in all of our lives. Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. And it's something that we want to remember when we remember also the very last thing spoken by Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. I shall be with you until the end of the ages. And he ascended into heaven. And it's a marvelous fact about the Gospel of Matthew that a title given to the Lord becomes the most important title in the gospel, but it is mentioned only once, and that is the title, Emmanuel. God is with us. It's a marvelous story because it's also a very human story of the disciples crying out in fear, of Jesus walking toward them over the waters that first confusion over what was happening, some of them saying it is a ghost, and our Lord calming the waters, but Peter, true to his human nature, wanted to test the fact and said to Jesus, if it's really you, Lord, beckon me to come out of the boat and across the water. And Jesus gives only one response, come. Peter steps out, and all of a sudden, again in a very human way, he takes his eyes off Jesus and begins to look down, probably saying to himself, what am I doing? I'm here on water. The water's deep. I'm going to sink. Luckily, he cries out for help. And it's interesting that our Lord saves him before our Lord chastises Peter. And it's it's just a, a marvelous scene, but that word that our Jesus spoke at, at the beginning, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And this miracle of the walking on the water, the calming of the sea, is one of two miracles recounted in all four Gospels. And because of this, these two uh, miracles must have had a profound meaning and importance for Christians from the very beginning. And the other miracle that is associated with this miracle of the walking on the water is the feeding of the 5,000. And there is a connection made specifically in the Gospels between these two. And the feeding of the 5,000, 
has been taken from the very beginning as a kind of proto-foretelling uh, of the institution of the Holy Eucharist. That Holy Eucharist that, from very simple elements, would feed thousands. In fact, the Gospel of John makes this explicit. And keeping in mind the connection between these two Gospels, a very important thing is, I think, taught to us. And so often in sacred scripture, it is not the direct words that are some of the more profound teachings, but how the Gospel is constructed, how it is put together. And here in the combining of these two miracles, we have a wonderful lesson. And it is a lesson that proceeds from the question that is frequently asked, even by faithful Christians. Whence comes the ability to follow the command of Jesus not to be afraid? For even in our best efforts, not to be afraid, not to be overly worried or concerned, we're going to meet uh, certain situations that are going to awaken that fear. But how do we have the courage to follow that command? And I think it comes from the, uh, the fact of the association of the participation in the Holy Eucharist and the relief of fear and confusion. That is why I think the this miracle of the walking on the water, combined with the miracle of the 5,000 that we heard on the previous Sunday, is such a, a wonderful account for us in our difficult times. For in the Holy Eucharist, we experience and celebrate the constant presence of Christ for his people. When he said, I shall be with you until the end of the ages, he gave us the Holy Eucharist as a pledge of the fulfillment of that promise. In that Holy Eucharist, he gives us the food for the journey, the strength and the sustenance of all Christian life. It is food to nourish the spirit that will live forever and on the last day draw our bodies back to the Spirit in a glorified manner. The Eucharist celebrated within the Church is a way by which we keep our eyes focused on Christ and the promise of eternal life and not constantly dwelling too deeply on our difficulties, our misfortunes, perhaps even avoiding a loss of hope, but keep our eyes on Christ. For as St. Paul told the Romans in his letter, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God we know in Jesus Christ. And St. Paul even lists the things that might separate us, doubt, confusion, illness, imprisonment, even death itself. 
And keeping our eyes on Christ in the promise of eternal life is especially important in a time of darkness or confusion or distress. But in the Holy Eucharist, we know firmly that indeed Jesus Christ is among us. This is why I think that there was an especial sadness and a very deep sadness felt on the part of Catholics on the closing of the churches. And this closing was keenly felt by Catholics. And as we slowly reopen them, I pray that we have a deeper appreciation for the celebration of the Holy Eucharist as a source of great courage, as a source of strength and nourishment and enlightenment. And while we wait for that full opening of our churches, let us pray for the doors to Christ to be opened. And as St. Peter said, cry out, Lord, save us. (laughs) 